Welcome. Welcome to the Road Tripping Podcast. Richard Jefferson, Allie Clifton, and Just Channing today. Just, just Channing, Channing today. Just Channing. Wah, wah. I know, running around like a crazy man today. You yeah. have to go to the dentist. Your office is moved because your kids have all the power. And you just yeah. didn't have time to find a way to be funny. Ha! Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> you you hit it on all the <laughs> all the angles. Guys, shout Truck out to your alma mater, Jose. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, big it's shout right. out. We're all here for it. Big shout out to your alma mater, U of A. I'll give you all credit. Y'all know what you're doing. Tucson, bear down. I will say, though, the evening was awesome and so much fun and your fan base is, I mean, it wasn't even October yet and they are so ecstatic for y'all, which is awesome. Um, Next level. When we were sitting at Frog and Firkins, I like had a moment where when you grow up in the Midwest and you see gray nine months out of the year. You all know I love my hometown. You all know I love, you know, I love where I come from. But sitting outside with music blaring at a college bar and like the weather just being perfect. <laughs> now I get it. Now yeah. I yeah. get it. You get it. You get it. When it stays like that all it's, year I mean, long. It's just not even All fair. the time. It's just no, not even No. It, you can definitely. You could definitely even learn wear pants. a lot of them. I had teammates who didn't wear pants all year. Like, they wore shorts. Mm. They wore shorts. Oh, okay. Just, like, given the you, climate. Did you wear pants? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. wear pants? Yes. Yeah. No pants parties? What kind of parties were you going to, Chang? I was not you, going to shirt. You were just shirt. You were shirt cocking it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> just walking Sir, around. Shirt, you don't just even, walk she didn't even know that reference. What? Shirt cocking? Shirt cocking, I don't. That's yeah. kind of the beautiful thing about it, because I just find it funny either way. Okay. What is it? What's the reference? You want to explain it to her, Janet? From Deadpool. It's like when you walk around and you don't have underwear on, so you put your shirt over your junk, so you're shirt cocking it. <laughs> no, well, yeah, it's like when you're walking around with a shirt on. And nothing below. So it's just yeah. like, you know, your shirt is right at your cock. So it's like your shirt. Then you're, Why do you, you know. call it a, you know, not that this is here or there, but <laughs> cock is aggressive. That's a porn word. I, no, it's the term. I'm not calling it a cock. I'm saying it's just like, it, the term is shirt cocking it. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's Try using any word. other term to describe that. It's just not as cool. It's yeah. just not as aggressive. Th thank thank you for understanding that, Allie. Thank you. <laughs> I'm always here for oh. that kind of knowledge. Um, all right, let's dive in. Media Day is behind us. The NBA has officially begun. Um, should we? I, I I just want to throw it out there because Channing, you're all over Twitter and you're wondering what the world feels about X. You have different takes, different thoughts that are going through your mind. So let's just start with a generic. What do you think the um, NBA storylines are that fans should be paying attention to right now? What do you have your eye on that you're asking the world? The big I can read them for you if you are, forgot. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, number one, what I was reading today and kind of heard that it was weird. What the fuck is up with Chris Middleton's knee? Like, that's huge. Like, there ain't no big three if Chris Middleton ain't playing. Right? I mean, you could have as much Giannis and Dames, you know, pick and rolls as you want. But if you don't have that third guy... Right? What is that? 
no team has ever won without a great third guy. And I thought Aaron Gordon last year was that guy for Denver, right? So that's one. Number two, all these Boston fans are getting on me about how small their team is. And I'm like, guys, you, Robert Williams was extremely good when he played for you guys. He was also a great off-the-ball defender when he played. Yes, he's injury-prone. You now traded a guy who was a rim threat, who was an excellent rebounder, who was a shot blocker for Porzingis, who is a taller version of Al Horford, who's now 36, 37 years old. And then you're like, well, we upgraded that position. I don't know if you did. You didn't address anything. Who's your rim roller? It's not Al Horford. Who's your lob threat? It's not Porzingis. So where are you going? Like, don't argue with me. I've watched the whole fucking team. Like, I mean, argue with me because I like to argue. But for me, uh, you got to show me that Porzingis is just going to be a rim roller all year long. And that's what he's going to do. Because I have yet to see that. He's a pick and pop guy. Yes, he had a good year last year on a shitty, shitty team. But at the end of the day, you're trying to win a chip. So if we're looking, Al Horford, I think he is above and beyond better than I think he would be at this age. Great. Jalen Brown, obviously, he's got to work on the left hand, but he's paid. He's solid. Jason Tatum, we know what he is. Drew Holiday, we know what he is, right? Derek White, solid, had some good games. The only person that I'm really wondering what, because I've never seen them in a stressful situation like trying to win a chip is Porzingis. So we'll see what's going to happen there, right? And then um, uh, thirdly, which isn't that big a deal, is like the Warriors are going to start Chris Paul. <laughs> that's a that's a tiny ass team, and I don't you know like that's just because Draymond's injured cur- currently, correct? Yeah, but still, why even? Th- I mean, I guess you want them to get used to each other, but like. Okay, let's say they play the Sacramento Kings. Who's who's guarding De'Aaron Fox? Like, one of those well, two guys yeah. got to guard De'Aaron Fox, right? And I understand they got to guard. What I'm saying is, I like Chris Paul coming off the bench and being a facilitator where he's the true point. At the beginning of the game, the focus is going to be on, you're playing a different caliber of players that I think right now that Chris Paul would be better suited on this team coming off the bench and running that second unit and getting those guys going. No, I don't take pressure off defensively. Yeah. I think a lot of people think the same thing. It's just a matter of whether or not a person has never started a game and never come off a bench in their, in their career, a person as competitive and with the ego of Chris Paul, will he be willing to do that and do it at the level? No one's questioning what is probably the best fit for him. Right. No one's questioning like where the team needs him the most or where he would excel. It's coming off the bench, helping that second unit in that non-Steph Curry minutes, and then obviously finishing games. I see him on the court in some manner, right? Uh, I see him on the court, uh, and sure. you know, and so um, especially as a facilitator for Steph Curry and Clay. and as a second, you know what I'm saying? So I see him on the court at the end, and I think that's what matters most. So um, no, I, I look, I, I think Chris Paul, this is all about a management of, in my personal opinion of, can he manage his ego to do what's best? And right. if he allows Steve Kerr to play him some second halves, 
I tell you, I play with and uh, Pop would play Antonio McDice just the second half of games, right? He would re- really would like throughout the season. He would just like like Dice get going, right? Like it'd be you know, Dewan Blair would play the first yeah. half. Dice would get a great warm up in the second half, and then would play the second half of games just to lighten the load off of him, so that he would be fresh later. It's like you can get creative with these things. But it's just like if it's got to be your way and the way that you want to do it, it's going to be tough. So, you know, if he allows Steve, in my opinion, to to use him and it's like, hey, we really want you to play about 70 games. We want you we want to use you in these moments in this manner. There's going to be days where, like, I'm not only going to play you in the second half. And you and I go know that that might mess up your rhythm, but that's going to prolong you know, and right. we're going to do it in a structured way. So you'll have your rhythm. It ain't going to just be free flowing and me messing around. So um, it's just a matter of how well he allows himself to be used for the system. So come opening night, do you guys anticipate, because Draymond's injury right now is four to six weeks, so he could potentially miss that first week of the regular season. Could you see a situation in a scenario where Chris Paul is starting until Draymond returns? Oh, yeah, 100%. I can see him starting a bunch of games this year, but not as a hundred percent starter. I don't see him in any scenario, and I also don't see him a hundred percent. You know, uh, you know, you can start you can start Chris Paul against uh, against Sacramento, right? You can like because Draymond can go against you know Sabonis if that's their five, like you know that. So and I'm saying like there are games I guess you put like just, Chris on like Keegan Murray. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so it's like there are tons of teams out there that you could start Chris and go small, because Draymond is a special type of five. Right, right, right. Shout out to I your think, former uh, Wildcat and Steve Kerr because he did say the other day when he gave that information the starters for the first preseason game to the media, he said, "Give this to the world. It'll be good water cooler talk." And here we are leading off our podcast <laughs> with this kind of. Uh, we If they do get it right. If they do get it right, yeah, I think it was uh, uh, Clay, Steph, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Chris, Kavon, and Chris. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't really do anything because they're missing Draymond <laughs> as a starter. He knows what he's doing. That little shit, <laughs> right. that little shit. So it doesn't do anything. It doesn't answer yeah, any questions. He knows see. it. I'll be interested to see when they have those. I'm not gonna say non-shooters, but when they have Draymond and Chris Paul in the game how their spacing works, right? Um, but I guess... You they have Draymond like, and Chris Paul in the game? What you mean? What you, no, what I you said, mean? I want to see what that looks like, right? Chris it's Paul like, can shoot that shit. So all is... All, you know what? Let me show you what it looks spacing, like. Richard. It's a pick and roll. Toss back to Draymond. Draymond has the option for another dribble handoff or to continue it and another dribble handoff on the weak side. Chris Paul replaces. You got one shooter, one shooter with Draymond being the facilitator, very similar to what they had with Kevin Durant. Similar, not the same, but similar, as in you have three elite shooters spaced around Draymond rolling on the floor. Now you say he's not going to roll, they're just going to switch that. No, but I'm saying, but I'm saying that's what Draymond rolling, but still it's, it's the secondary actions. It's not just, you're going to switch across, but you got to make, you know, with the Warriors, you got to switch all the way up and perfect yep. every single time. If one time you're back, that's Steph, that's a three, that's Clay, that's a three. So their, their action isn't the most confusing. Their action is the one that you just can't mess up on. And even if you do it right, they still might score. 
That's why their action is so tough. That that's what that's what I'm saying. They're going to switch across the board. But remember when in Boston when they played Boston in the finals, Boston yeah. was was back. They were in a drop coverage and they wanted to go over because they didn't want anybody else to get threes. They're like, we don't care if Steph goes for fifty. We don't care about that. We just don't want anybody else to be. So that was their kind of, we're going to go over the top of the screen. We're going to be in a drop coverage. Everyone else stay home. And it will make it hard. We'll stay attached to him. So you make it hard for him to shoot that three. Then when he gets into the paint, there's a big sitting in there waiting. We're going to give up floaters and pull up jumpers to Steph Curry. That's what they're going to try and give up. So you, 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 they're going to, teams will give up some shots, but the Warriors just make it very difficult to choose which one to do. Which is true. I, I think they are, if they could figure it out quicker or sooner rather than later, I think they're a, a, a one of those scary teams, right? Anytime you got those big three guys and Coach Kerr, I think they're a scary team. Uh, what's the other thing? Like, I'm kind of over the Philly talk already. Why? Like, I'm kind of like, ugh. This episode of Road Trippin' is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with hard decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want as you navigate life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. For me, balancing, as you can imagine, my personal and professional life, it can be chaotic at times, so to have that one expert on hand to help me navigate the day-to-day challenges that may arise, it has been a total game changer. Speaking for myself, when it came to making a lifestyle change for my career and moving from the Midwest to the West Coast, having an expert therapist take the time to help me navigate all the emotions and hurdles I was about to embark on, I can honestly say I wouldn't have made it without their guidance, something that has continued to help me to this day. If you're thinking of getting that support you need through the form of therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You'll start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So road trippers, let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash road tripping today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash road tripping. I have a truth or trash for you with that. Truth or trash, there is a team that will end up trading a first-round pick for James Harden. Yeah. Yeah, there's a team out there willing yeah. to get a first-round pick. But is there a team willing to get James Harden? Yeah. That's the difference. Like, if you want James Harden, well, if you want deal, James Harden, so. well, that's what I'm going to say. If you want James Harden, you're going to have to give up some sort of, like, a first-round pick. At the end of the day, he's still 20-10. and 10. End of the day, there's a lot of things that he still brings value, and I, why? Why are you over it, Channing? I'm with Channing. Uh, I just feel like the narrative for him, and and obviously he's created a lot of this. It's just it's interesting, and I'm almost like, well, does the guy help you win or not? Right? I think now it's like you know Stephen A. Smith said the thing about he talked him out of he talked himself out of a, you know. Uh, a max contract. And then now people are like, well, you know, and, and most people don't want to say it, but they'll, I'm, I'm not trying to put this narrative out there, but like, is he really good for your locker room with younger guys? Right? Like, is he that guy that's going to show them the right way to like be a pro, right? James is one of the only guys that we know that can go to Vegas and then perform the next night or not practice. And then, perform the next week or whatever. So like the younger teams that would want him are like, would do we want to put that type of player as a leader, as as good as he is 
to show them how to do that. And I'm just like, I, I mean, a lot of people do it. They just don't put it out. Oh, there. Okay, Channing, Channing, Channing. How, yeah. how many years? How many years were you in the NBA? Fourteen. And, and you've been retired for how many? Five. You've been retired for five years. Yeah, it's been five what, years what, now. What year did you retire? Four, 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 four. Yeah, thank you. For, yeah, thank or you. For 19, the math. 2019. Thank, thank, yeah, yeah, thank you for the math. Okay, so four years you've been retired. Okay, um, so that's a lot of years covering the NBA. That's a lot of years of following. That's a lot of years of knowing it. Would you want James Harden on your team with a bunch of young players? Hell no. <laughs> you said hell no? I just, hell no. You can't do it because here's the problem. He, tried to dance he does it he so well. It. Dude, I tried to dance around it, right? But listen. Can I, can I give you this, but, 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 give you this quote regarding this? Well, well, Go on, Rich. Yes. Sorry. No, the last thing I was no, going to no, say, no. you give me James Harden around vets, I feel very oh. comfortable, right? Vets, like, again, it's like the vets going to do what they do. We're going to do what we do. But right. young players, I don't know if James Harden is the one I want around them. Just that's just me personally. Like he needs to be competing for a championship anyway. Young players shouldn't be a part of his equation. I agree with that. And then I don't know if you guys saw the Emay quote that just came out. Obviously, Emay now the head coach of the Rockets. Nothing against James. Emay told ESPN, but Fred is just a better fit when it came to wanting Fred over James Harden. I coach James in Brooklyn. He's one of the smartest players I've ever been around. The words Emay doesn't want James never came out of my mouth. It was, let's look at the best fit. If we want Jalen and the young guys to take the next steps, we need them to have the ball. As for me saying, I don't want James. That was never the case. It was about fit. So even on the court, when you're talking about that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What I like to do is let's be, let's be realistic, right? And this could be quick. Where would James Harden, where would you go? You know what, James Harden, we want to take a chance with you here and pay that. And maybe, and obviously we're going to have to pay you because that's why you're going to come here. Else you're just going to, we're going to trade for a first round pick and then you're gone, which is another thing, right? So like, cause he wants to get paid. So no Portland, no Sacramento, no Golden State, Miami, no Lakers, no. Maybe if if they can get they that will be the biggest test. I think the only two teams that can take him are the Clippers and Miami. I don't person. see. I don't see Pat. Right. Oh man, I know. Oh. But that's what I'm saying. That would be the biggest test of two Bulls going this. No, way. it wouldn't be a test. He would lose that battle. He would lose that battle. Either he would fall in line or he would lose that battle. I mean that with, and I mean that with a with hundred percent respect. There is like yeah. that'd be like two bulls, like him going to San Antonio. Who's gonna win that bad battle? Either he's gonna fall in line with Pop or he's not like that. That's not the situation. Um But Miami doesn't even play like that though. No, but but this is my, my, more of the point is this is that We've seen it time and time again, and it is very difficult. We are now seeing players from our generation and now the slightly younger generation deal with the transition of their careers. And sometimes you get guys like Chris Paul, who is not the most popular guy in the world, but he's extremely professional when it handles his business. So this man and win. So this man's money even though he's 36, 37, that's why he was making so much money later in his career. Now we got guys that are 33 and now 
is James Harden as professional? Like, you know, and so now you're like, well, do we really want to be paying this guy that money at 35, 36? We can already see the decline. We see his bad habits. We know he's a partier and it never really affected him, but he ain't scoring 35 a night anymore. He's 22. And given that speedy decline of like how it's starting to go, do we really want to pay him three, four years? Do we want to have him around our young guys? And James seems like a guy that after 10, 12 years of I can do whatever I want doesn't seem like the type of guy that will fall in. That's what they're hoping for. But you see it. You've seen it with Russell. You've seen it with Carmelo. You've seen it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're seeing it now with James. Like, are you seeing it with Chris Paul? Does Chris Paul start? Think about these great, great Hall of Fame first ballot guys that at the end of their career, they're still productive, but it's like they got to be productive within the system. And if it doesn't, then it starts to get real weird out there for them. Yeah. That's it. We're sweet. Yeah. Like, again, why are Carmelo, Russell, Chris Paul, and, and now James, James Harden. Harden? Because you have the, the new crop of young guys are so good. And you're like, Man, I would love if James Harden was like, you know what? I can facilitate and I'll be happy doing that. And like, I could play with a superstar. He's playing with an MVP going, get me out of here. Now, that has, even though it has nothing to do with Joel Embiid, if he was happy, right? Or if he had fallen in line, I assume he would have got that check. I don't know what kind of check he would have got. But like, yeah, think about this if Joel Embiid loved him, they'd be like, man, pay the man. I want him here. Mm-hmm. Like you're Joel Embiid, you're the yeah. MVP, yeah, right? Well, I mean, as crazy right. as that sounds, they were like, "Hey, man, get this dude." Yeah, you think but Joe it's, knows it's, a little bit more of the behind the scenes as to why he's. Uh... Yeah, one thousand percent, one thousand percent. What, like, Woodley? Like, come on! But I, I just, again, we like this. People are now seeing it. I, we, Channing and I, because we were in it for so long, we've seen it with other players. Allen Iverson was one of those guys. He went from averaging 25 a night in Boston, then, uh, not Boston, in, in Denver. And, and no, it was oh, in Denver. Denver. Yeah, it was yeah. in Denver. And then it just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just, it went sideways quickly. Then it was the, then it was the Memphis situation. And then they didn't want him to start. And it was Lionel Hollins. And then they were like, well, we're going to, yeah, it, it was just, it just turned into this very weird situation. And then he didn't get the contract. And then next thing you know, like one of our great icons has doesn't get a farewell tour, in my opinion, the way he should have. A lot of different things start to kind of fall apart because the end of it doesn't have this vision and, and directness. And so, you know, we're now getting, going, like everyone talks about how this older generation and we're coming towards the end. Well, let's also watch how they end. A lot of them end, you know, unceremoniously and that part sucks, but a lot, some of the times it's on them for the reason why it's ending. Yeah. There's no way Channing gets a farewell tour and Vince Carter and Richard and these guys don't. Like, <laughs> I saw I saw the writing on the wall and I was like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, let me call it. Go. Yeah, <laughs> let me call it. Dude, what? I can't, but you got to know, but like, again, I didn't have an ego, right? I was getting DMPs, we were doing whatever. I was like, you know what? Time for me to do something else. So- not to change the subject, but I was really thinking, is it crazy yes. that we talk, we could not talk about anything more than we talked about Wembyama for almost two full years, and all of a sudden now, he's not mentioned 
or talked about anywhere. Well, give it to you. Give it to give it a second, Channing. This is the this the dead days. The minute that as the person that's calling his first game, I am telling you. That shit is going to be chaos. And every highlight, as soon as the season starts, it's going to be back at him again. The minute the minute basketball starts up, it'll be all about everyone's going to want to, it's going to be a circus. Everyone's going to want to see him. He's the unicorn. Like, trust me, it's the, the Webinyama show is coming. Well, he's an alien. I think the unicorn was Pordingus, but or it's Pordingus. Pordingus. <laughs> Respectfully, wait, wait, Jimmy, wait. I gave you <laughs> one more thing. Richard, yes or no? Are you buying or selling the New Orleans Pelicans? Selling fucking so fast. I'm selling that shit like I'm on the I'm on the train again this year. Shut up. Shut up. Back on the train. No, no. Stay on that train. Stay on that train. What Record puts you back on it? Back on the train. Why are you back on the uh, train? And then and then after that, tell me what the definition of insanity is. <laughs> Hey, I was insane what, about getting this back on the train over and over. Yeah, what's what's I was, I was insane I about the Sacramento Kings, and they finally made the playoffs last year. So, ha. Uh, okay, that's fair. Hell of a long time how, ago. You want to show how with me this again? The Pelicans? Yeah. I give you uh, six bottles of wine. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Hang I'll on, buy, what's I'll the, buy, what's the, what do they have case. to do, though? What I'll do they buy have to do? a case. I'll buy a case if they make it. If they top six, top done, six, done, so done, done, top six, top six. He's he is betting on injury, a lot of injuries, which they have had a lot of times. But I also feel like oh, I'm adding it to the notes. Those young yeah. boys, fuck your notes. You don't take notes. <laughs> Having said that, the New Orleans Pelicans said? were the number one team in the West in January. Richard, top six? You're saying top six? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We can make it a little tougher than that, my friend. No, I'm no. said you are most expensive oh. Cabernet. No, <laughs> top six? No. Look, if they make it to the top six, that's great. That mean if they make it to the top six, that means that they were primarily healthy. The West is fucking loaded. It's wide open. It's going to be very competitive. I think some of the teams that had some weird situations, like early in the year, like the Lakers, they're not going to be there. They're going to be in the thick of it. You guys like Golden State, who had a real big had a real big struggle throughout uh, on the road. They're going to be in it. So now all of a sudden, you have some teams that should have been in that mix. Name me five teams that are better. Then, then the Pelicans? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. Um, Houston. Denver, obviously. Uh, Houston. Uh, Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> okay. The teams that are better. The teams that are better um, than Pelicans. I'm going to say Minnesota. I'm going to say Whoa, I'm gonna say Golden God. State. I'm going to say Golden State. I'm going to say Phoenix 50, 50, Suns. I'm going to say Phoenix Suns. I'm going to say Denver Nuggets. I'm going to say Los Three. Angeles Lakers. I'm going to say Los Four. Angeles Clippers. No, I, I you asked me my list, mm. Richard. That, that's an injury prone team too. So yes, you're but they've been injury prone and made the playoffs. They're injury prone and don't True. make the postseason. So again, True. I'm not saying that. I'm telling you what teams. Uh, if fine. everyone's healthy, if everyone's healthy, right? I'm, pick, I'm There's multiple teams that I'm picking over them. We haven't even gotten mm. to the Texas teams yet. 
We haven't talked, got, gotten to Dallas. We haven't even gotten to what San Antonio could potentially be. I think Houston, Houston, be I, I think, Houston, I think is a play-in team. Houston is a play-in team. They will be in the play-in. You're saying that they're going to be a top six. <laughs> Whatever look, you are drinking, up. let me get a sip. Let me get a sip. No. And I also think Dallas is not going to be good this year. Uh, yes, okay. they have Luka and Kyrie. But did you see the rest of their team? They're all young rookies. Like, you can't win like that anymore. Mm-hmm. They're gonna need some trade. They're gonna need some veterans. Well, well, need well some all I'm saying is that their Pelicans have not shown me anything in the last decade that would imply that they are capable of making a sustainable run. This is pre-Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis went to the second round one time and then had a bunch of first round losses after that and some injuries. Then they get Zion Williamson in. We've seen what that train wreck has been. Again, I wish nothing but positive things for Zion, but the reality is the reality is. So you look at that and show me at any point in time over the last decade where it looks like they can either get the right amount of pieces there, which they struggle to do with Anthony Davis, even though, you know, they got Boogie Cousins and he tore his ACL, so they've had some bad luck. But when you break down the amount of talent that they have and then getting it healthy on the court, that has been a consistent struggle. And at some point in time, Griff is our guy, but you have to look at how are we managing this? Right, you've got to look at that, and we know that Griff is one of the best in the business to do it. But at some point in time, you saw he he looked he sounded like he had less patience in Zion, you know, uh, this year of like this is the first year he took it really seriously and focusing on all of it, blah blah blah. Yeah, all of that was was basically saying that okay, this is the year. There's other places that might have cracked that whip a lot sooner. San Antonio, Miami. Like, there's other places that we know about organizationally that might have cracked that whip sooner. And especially because, like, especially because Griff is a championship, like, GM. He's a championship manager. So it's like, for this whip to have taken a little bit long to be like, listen, dude, we got to get this going, you know? Like, that's the type of stuff of making sure that everyone in your organization is running at the championship level. And to say that this is, what, year four for Zion, and this is the first year that he's really taken it seriously? Well, what the fuck's been going on? So we've been too, we've been too nice to Zion over the past four years, is what you're saying. That's what I heard. Channing's still buying them. What? Despite no. Channing's still Buy buying that. them. Buy that. Heck no. Now, if they make it, I'm oh, not yeah. surprised they got the talent, but you got to prove it. I'm not putting a $100 bet on them. Hell no. You just did. I'm not going on. I'm not, see, I'm not buying hopes and dreams of the Pelicans. I will. Give me two and put it in a to-go bag. Totally. I agree with the both of you. Good stuff there on the Pelicans. We'll certainly be watching that as the regular season tips off here very soon. Um, we're going to take a moment now to take a break. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. I really want to dive into what Channing, you mentioned at the top of the episode when it comes to the health or lack thereof currently with Chris Middleton. That'll do it for this edition of Road Trip. Back.